What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're diving into the real reality of new levels, new devils. I have the executive producer of the internet sensation G-Status ATL Hustle, KL, joining me today to credit Love & Hip Hop for sparking his passion for reality TV. We discuss the history of and the details behind the new chapter for his hit show and its incredible move to the streaming platform, Tubi. KL suggests another show, Glam Devos, to check out while G-Status gets prepped for primetime streaming. He reveals the keys to his extraordinary rise in fashion, lets us in on the fashions of his future and how it ties to the overall brand, offers me and you guys some solid advice for up-and-coming producers, and overall, he blesses me with a little exclusive tea, a casual kiki, and so much more. Lock in while I clock in, because KL and I, oh, we're about to get into it. so much for taking my call today how are you feeling i'm feeling pretty good i can't i really can't complain you know life is good how about yourself i am feeling extraordinary there are a lot of great things happening i'm feeling really good i'm in great spirits and i'm happy to have you here so that makes my day even better that's awesome that's awesome so tell me when did you fall in love with reality tv um, you know what? <laughs> Let me think. Cause, because reality has been around for quite some time, but I'm trying to find the show that really just made me be like, I want to I want to do reality TV. Um maybe oh it's it's been a minute, like maybe I wanna say like Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. You know, that I think that's what really made me like wanna do reality because I'm based in Atlanta and I got to like go to sets and stuff like that. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if, you know, I could do this myself. It seems like something that, you know, is beneficial to people's brand if they use it the right way. So. Absolutely. So how did that lead into you producing shows yourself? Like, how did you yourself work your way into being a part of production? You you um, said you were going to sets and you got to experience the vibe of how shows were created. So what was the moment when you were like, okay, now I'm going to pull the trigger, start doing this myself, and tell me about the first show that you created? Sure. So pretty much I have always, like, been a creative since like birth like from drawing to writing to rapping everything so like nice. I, I i have a background like in fashion so i'm a fashion designer first really mm-hmm. so through that it started with like storyboarding my commercials and stuff like that so i was doing little mini 
like short films based upon like my fashion commercials. And so I started writing out stuff. And then I started, I want to say 2011, I started in the scripted genre. There was this show on YouTube called My Brother's Keeper. And it was okay. like about college life. And so I kind of got into that. And then they did this show called uh, Free Fall. And mm-hmm. I was Hmm. And it was an LGBT show. The Free Fall show was. The My Brother's Keeper was like a diverse, you know, show with you know straight and and you know gay and everything like that. So when it when they did Free Fall, I was like, oh wow, you know, finally like something I could watch because like Noah's art used to come on and then they kind of canceled that. So I was like, hmm, let me get into this. So then I was like, you know what? Like I've had this story that I've always wanted to tell. So I started writing this series called Trade It All, which is the reality about download experiences. So it started like, you know, with this music mogul and everything like that. So I really got deep into production and I started like, you know, finding videographers, auditioning actors. And we did that series and we did like the first season. Well, it was like a test season, you know, just to kind of see you know, what the what the fans would think of it. And surprisingly, it did well. You know, we were getting 40,000 views and people was really like falling in love with the series. So we did a season two and we were just, it, it, it like blew up. Like, I think one of our episodes had like 3 million views on YouTube. And so, Whoa. yeah, it was like, okay, I want to do the next thing. So then I was like, I created G-Status. Mm-hmm. I created G status like <laughs> at one of my well he's my friend and he's also a, a producer on a new season but I created it at his kitchen table I was like I want to mm-hmm. do a show about gays and the Atlanta lifestyle with status like the it the it gays in Atlanta you know they like the party they got you know fashions they do this they do that and right. so we started doing a pilot for that so once I got into that, I put the show trade on the back burner because, you know, it was just a lot of logistics and filming a show of that nature because we we were we were filming like network stuff. So mm-hmm. um, like when I said network stuff, I mean, like we were trying to match network quality and everything. And that gets like expensive. So we tried right, right, to right. do, you know, a pilot for G status. So we were casting, casting, casting. And I remember um, Akeem was on my scripted show. So I was like, hey, Akeem, do you want to try this reality show? And he was like, sure. And so I had casted some other people. So we did like, how many days of shooting did we do? We did like two days of shooting on the pilot of G-Status. And Akeem came in and he just like wrecked everything. Like not wrecked when I say <laughs> I mean he like had everybody in a frenzy. And I was Well, like, I'm very familiar with Akeem because I've seen him on on the come up and and some other shows. So I'm familiar with how Akeem comes into a scene. <laughs> <laughs> so I was Shout like, out to Akeem. So yeah, so I was like, okay, cool, boom. So we did the pilot. Then I kind of like sat on the pilot a little bit because I wanted to like figure out if I wanted to pitch it or if I wanted to try to like, you know, create it for the web space. Really, I was trying to pitch the show. I wasn't trying to bring it to YouTube at all. So 
we were trying to get that together. And in the process, one of my actors, his name was Ja, um, he came to me and he was like, he's doing a reality show and he, he needed help with it. And it was called, well, he asked me what should he call it? And I was like, well, I think you should call it ATL Hustle. So like he was showing me footage of it and everything. And it was going pretty good, but then it was like he was having issues with the cast and stuff like that. But his show, he had like, he, it wasn't just a gay show. He had like women, men. Uh, he had like the girl Suki Hana before she actually blew up. And um, mm. yeah, he had her on there. But he, I've noticed, I was like, okay, you got an eye for filmmaking like I do because he would watch me on set. So. I was like, what if we come together, I bring some of my cast members, you bring some of your cast members, and we do G-Status ATL Hustle. And so that's how it came about with the first season of G-Status ATL Hustle. We came together, he had some cast members, I had some cast members, we went through. And then they, we had like this screen test and whoever showed up and did well, that that's who became the first season um, for G-Status. So that's, that's like the start of it all. Nice. Do you miss doing scripted at all? I do. So just to kind of like go back to that series that I had, I had a lot, I saw really? my fan base on my channel. So like mm -hmm. I still have a lot of people that that still like look for that show to come back. So hopefully earlier, sometime earlier next year, I'll be able to do the follow up movie because I actually been working on this, this script for this entire year. So I'm gonna. So hopefully um, sometime this next year early or maybe you know summertime i'll be able to film the feature film for that so i do want to go back into scripted but it is so tedious we're talking about like 15 hours on set as opposed to reality you know you're you can be there for two to four hours so it's a little mm -hmm. bit different you know as in, in regards to that so but yeah that, that makes sense now congratulations on G status coming to Tubi. I actually just came across that post on Instagram where the show was coming to Tubi now, and there's a huge uh, uh, distribution deal and all of that. Can you speak about that? And are the new seasons of the show going to be going straight to Tubi as well? Yes. So, <laughs> what's crazy is that, like, for, I, I and I got to give a little bit of the backstory. Like, remember, I was telling you I sure. G status in the beginning, but I I really didn't kind of know where to. Well, I, I was pitching, but it was like the red tape, like with networks and stuff. And I was just like, oh, YouTube. So mm -hmm. the whole time, I have always thought that G status could be a show that could be on the major network. But when I did season one, me and Ja, we worked together hand in hand with season one. Season two, I let him take over the entire season because I had to I, I had to be out of state for a, a project. And I was also working on another show. So in season two, we kind of had our pitfalls. Like it was a I think it was a lot mentally for Ja because he's mm -hmm. I think we're like 10 years 
young, like younger than each other. I'm 39, and I want to say Giles like 25, maybe 24, 25. So he was really okay. helping me produce G status. So like, um, it season two kind of went up in shambles because it didn't finish. But I had to. I end up finishing. I took over last year, and I, you know, tried to like get the final footage, and I, you know, I end up finally putting it out. Because I mm-hmm. want to salvage, you know, what was left, and you know, the fans were thankful or whatever. But I, I want right. to say this: I had a rough year once I stepped up to the plate because once I took back over, I got all the backlash. Like I just, they were just like, you know, the fans were crazy. Like, why is this not this? I was like, oh my god, I, I don't know how to explain this to them. But it's like right. as a puzzle. So like throughout the year, so like. I would say the end of last year, I, I was like, you know what? I'm revamping for season three. I'm rebranding, I'm recasting, I'm redoing this. I'm gonna, you know, make this my season. So the whole entire year, you know, we, you know, we filmed up until I want to say April, May of this year. And you know, with mm-hmm. production, you film and then you have post-production. So post-production right. has been made up until, you know, this point. So. I have been promoting little teasers here and there, but you know, our fans are ridiculous. They were they were getting restless, <laughs> like, hurry up and drop the show. And I'm glad that they they have interest in it because they ain't talking right. doing anything. So like exactly. We had a release date for Sunday for November 20th. As soon as I put out the super trailer, I don't know if they have I don't know if the distribution company had been watching me this whole time. But it was so fast that they commented on the trailer. And at first I was thinking like, this is not, this can't be serious. You know, it's just somebody playing. So then they hit up the G status um, IG page. And so they started talking about, you know, the distribution and everything. So I went, you know, I'm a, I'm an investigator. So I'm looking, looking at IMDB. I'm like, oh, this is like legit, legit. Like they work, you know, people. <laughs> So I'm like, oh God. So he was like, yeah, if you, you know, if you're down, this is the terms of the deal and X, Y, Z. If you're down, my uh, le- the legal department will send you a contract on Monday. So I'm thinking like, okay, we'll see. Boom, legal department sends the contract. I'm reading it over, I'm researching the company they work with, Dame Dash Studios and all other kinds of mm. everything. So I'm like, oh my God, this is really official. So like I signed the contract and then I was like, you know what? I was like, so this is a, it's a licensed distribution deal, you know, to go to Tubi. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I have one and two, you know, do I have to exclusively submit three? And he was like, yes, you have, this is a, you know, this is a, you're going to a streaming platform. You've got to, you know, this is like, as if like a show was on, you know, CW and it was going to Netflix. Yes, you got to start with your your next season fresh. And I was like, oh my God, I, I just told my fans November 20th and they're going to be mad. But at the end of the day, I was like, this is a bigger platform, a bigger payout. It's a Fox, right. owned by Fox Corporation. And it's a chance for me to like, really like have a major deal that would put the show on a platform that I've always wanted for it. I've always wanted to be on some kind of platform that it's not all about the money, but it's more about being amongst like, like credentials and credibility. So it's where I can be seen by corporate execs and people that can see what the project can do on their streaming platform. 
because right. on YouTube is doing really good the numbers. So if you go to Tubi and it's doing really well and the payout is really good, they may be like, I want you to create original content for me. That because that's that's basically what I want to be able to do. And I've always said I wanted to get with a network and you know let them see my hard work and initially start having me just get a first look deal to produce content for them. So that's basically the deal in a nutshell. Um, so right now I have to go through a whole series of making sure my edits are network approved. There's like this whole big um, procedure document that you have to have for like your posters, your, the quality, you know, the timing of the episodes as opposed to YouTube, you know, it's our channel. We can upload and edit and do how we want to do it. But now it's a whole different ball game. So I'm excited about the deal. The whole entire team and the cast is excited about the deal. Um, the fans are, are taking it very well. I mean, they, they're going to have to <laughs> a little bit longer, but I was glad that they could see like yeah, and they was like, we have Tubi. Like, they was like, we got Tubi. So, yeah, I can't wait. They were very excited. So, for me, I'm glad that I didn't get met with, like, backlash about, like, you know, like, oh, my God, we got to wait. Now you got to restructure or whatever. But it would be the yeah. same way if I was going to VH1. I would have to, you know, revamp and, re, you know, redo this and redo that. So, it's just another big opportunity for the brand to go to the next level. And I'm, I'm so happy for all of it, you know, because this is what I really wanted in the beginning. Listen, new levels, new devils, Chell. And this is what you've been manifesting. This is what you've been working for. And the fans are going to see, listen, we may not get it when we want it, but it's going to be on time. <laughs> because it's got new budget, that. it's got new structure, there's new, there's new distribution, there's new quality, okay? Y'all gonna get an even better show. So I'm sure that the fans want to see the show grow. They want to see it get as big and as, you know, high production as it can. So I'm sure that they're going to be like, listen, we wanted to see it on the 20th, but we would rather watch it on Tubi in January. And, then, and be able to binge it not not just oh i gotta wait for upload oh you know you know sometimes yes. youtube we sometimes oh we're gonna take a week off oh we now you're gonna get the whole thing as if just like when the show drops on netflix you're gonna get the whole entire thing so i so i can appreciate that and then me not have to deal with all of that like the uploads i just have to deal with getting them my episodes and then them distributing them and to be you know saying hey this is your rollout date and xyz and having a team that's working with you on your rollouts and stuff like that that i think that's amazing that's awesome now are there are now are there more shows that you're producing that we should also be you know going to check out looking out for Yes. So one show in particular I had, I started, I did like two episodes on YouTube just to see how it went. It was Glam Devos and it actually, they actually did pretty good. They were like, where's that, where's Glam Devos? So that's coming back to YouTube in a few weeks and you get the exclusive on that. So there's like hey, five thank episodes. You. So with those five episodes, it'll be just like a reintroduction of the show uh, with the remaining episodes and they'll get that. And then we did, we have a G Status LA in the works that we announced. We have an executive oh. producer in LA. And 
I don't know if it'll be on YouTube because when I talk to uh, Tubi, because I have a three-year deal with with my distribution deal, so I mm-hmm. want I would like to see if the and I'm pretty sure they will like take on the G Status LA because it will make no sense for it to go on YouTube versus you got the Atlanta one on Tubi. So hey, mm-hmm. take on you know the LA one, the so, entire franchise. Yes. So with that the YouTube page will more than likely just have like, you know, when you go to like VH1 or Bravo or Netflix, it'll have all the recaps and uh, promotional things. And it'll have like, you know, when we go live and do our like, we have a show called The Tea Room. Um, I'm on there and a few other people who just kind of talk about hot topics and stuff. And then we have a talk show coming out called Status Social with two of Yes. We did like two pilot test pilots on there and it did pretty good. It gets a few thousand views and I think that's really good for a new show. So they, they're currently filming their remaining episodes and then they'll start airing them weekly. Now that show is kind of like one of your like, you know, Bravo chats or something like that or watch what happens live. And it has people from different reality shows. So it's open, it's not just open up to our channel and our cast. We're doing like different people from different shows um, from the LGBT community with that are currently on other reality shows. So they'll have like in-person interviews and it's, it's really good. You know, it's really informative. Very nice. Are you taking pitches from outside people now for new shows that you may want to consider want to consider taking on to produce in the future i am i actually have one coming out um from her name is jt she's on a show called uh set it off atl they're actually airing their first season right now on youtube but uh she's coming out with the show called stylish and it, it's about her uh, modeling agency, her and her business partners in the model. So it, I think that's a, that's going to be an interesting, fun show um, on the network. So I am taking pitches um, to those who definitely have some great ideas. Um, like I said, I franchised out L.A. through a pitch. And I have another franchise in the works, but I'm not going to announce that one yet. Y'all just have to wait and stay tuned. But that is currently in the works. So, yes, I am taking pictures right now. Nice. Where did the people send the pitches? Uh, They can send pitches to info. That's I-N-F-O at P3K. That's Peter 3K as in King Productions.com. So info at P3K Productions.com. Or, nice. or or they can cc info at omstvnetwork.com. The uh, TV network side is, is the actual channel and the P3K Productions is the actual production company. So any one of those emails will work. Info at omstvnetwork.com or, you know, P3K. Nice. Now, uh, what makes a great reality star for you? <laughs> um, a great reality star honestly is based on authenticity like for me it's not just all about the drama or anything it's more about the authenticness of the character there are a few things I require if you are open to you know getting on a journey of reality TV and you're a professional I must I must adhere to 
be that them being professional. Granted, we could be like family, you know, producing and talent, but professionalism, getting your scenes done, you know, being on time, um, that's one of the major things. Abiding by your contract, you know, confidentiality clauses, that's another thing. But personality is one that is the biggest for me. Like, it's just, it's just something that you can't like fake. You know what I mean? Like, if your personality is is authentic and it's either you got energy or you got some funniness to you, um, or you just say how you feel, but not in a like crazy kind of way. You know what I mean? But just say, well, it might get crazy. You might read. You might shade. But just being your hundred <laughs> percent authentic self and being vulnerable and not being afraid to like tell your story. You know what I mean? I think that what that is what makes a great uh, reality star. And also just having things to showcase, like having a complete story to tell. When you come to a show, be able to have, tell a story like what's in your life? What do you have coming up? Who's involved in your life? You know, what events do you have? What products do you have? What talent do you have? All that makes a great reality TV star. Like you just have to have the total package, like it will make for great TV. Absolutely. Now tell me about fashion. Cause I saw that you have a brand called Perfect Population. How long have you been designing? So I've been I've been designing since birth, since my mother taught me how to sketch and draw. My grandmother taught me like how to sew. But mm -hmm. professionally, I started in 2007 when I moved to Atlanta. I started with like an urban clothing line called Diamond Empire. And, um, you know, I did really well with that. And I saw a lot of people getting on the wave of couture. And, you know, so I took some time to kind of study couture and high fashion. And I fell in love with fashion. Like I fell in love completely. And so throughout the years, I have done like, major things in fashion like I have like fashion wise like I've done a lot I've worked with like a lot of the celebrities in Atlanta like Real Housewives I've worked with like Kenya Moore uh, Cynthia Bailey um, I've worked with uh, Erica Carly Red from Love and Hip Hop that's kind of how I was on those sets I even worked nice. with uh, Rocky from Bad Girls Club. Like, guys, stop okay. going to the house. I even made appearances on the episode. Um, I went to New York Fashion Week. Just recently, I did Milan Fashion Week. That was a life-changing experience because it put me in like- Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It put me in a lot of different fashion magazines. So I've done a lot in fashion. Like, I have a, my space right now, we use it we use it as a production space, but it's actually my showroom. Hopefully, if not by December, definitely at the top of the year, it should be fully open. I'll have a full like showroom space, um, all, you know, like a retail space. I've had it for like a year, so I've got my signs up and everything. And then next year, hopefully, God willing, I will be doing Paris Fashion Week, because that's the goal. I've done Milan, I want to do Paris. Um, you know, I've done New York and, you know, I'll just go from there. So I've done, a, I've done quite a bit in fashion. Like that's my, that's my number one thing. And what's, what's interesting is like 
that's what I'm trying to do with the G status brand. Not make it a fashion brand, but add those elements to G status. Like in the past, we've had like, you know, some of the over the top fashions, but I want it to reflect. Like I want G status brands to reflect what it means status. So I want fashion to kind of be like a trend amongst the show when you watch it, like, oh, what they wearing, you know? Who are these people? So um, that's what I'm trying to do in terms of my fashion career. I'm trying to actually combine them with my film elements and just have make half stylish films and, you know, people that look upscale, you know, different things like that. Will we see the men of G status in your designs in the new seasons coming up? Um, you won't see them in the new season. Well, you might see one because he did get, I did cast one person from the show to, he's a, he's currently the face of my, my brand now. So like okay. his first scene, probably you'll see him doing a photo shoot from my line. But I do plan on like designing for the reunion for some of them. And I plan on my next campaign, I plan on trying to use, if not all, like if not all the cast, majority of them in my next campaign. So you will see me crossing them over into my line after the, probably after the season. But um, in terms of like reunion looks, you may see me design like a few reunion looks because they already trying to put in their bid for uh, custom wardrobe. Very nice. Because I was about to say, now listen, I was going to put my bid in to audition to host the reunion. And if you would like me to model your clothing. Yeah, definitely put in the bid. Like, definitely. Because you know what? I'm always, when it comes down to the reunion, you know, people like, you know, oh, get a big name, get this name. We we want to work with people from like our space and people that's up and coming like ourselves. So definitely like, let me know. Yeah, we definitely want to talk about that. And you know- Well, I'm always down to do it. Y'all are in Atlanta. I'm in Alabama. I'm two hours away. So we can have a conversation and I'm always down to do it. Oh, nice. So, oh yeah, 100%. And you know, some people call me emaciated. I like to call myself sample size. So I'm sure that's great for your overhead as far as the production budget. It is because all my out my designs are, you know, most like well when I say sample size, it's like when I'm designing for runway, I'm, I'm designing sample sizes. That's just how the game goes. That's just how I go. Right. And I understand that because I kind of come from that background a little bit. Mm. Um so I get it. So yeah, you know, wait the, we'll talk. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> do you remember the first piece you created? And now, are you want to say like on the urban side or the couture side? Because the first piece I ever created was a t-shirt, and I was happy with it. But I, that's a t-shirt. Everybody created t-shirt. Um, the, first, <laughs> <laughs> the first piece I created that I think stood out, I have this signature cut. This signature cut that I have is like a cutouts above the chest. Like it, it, it was inspired by fifth, the fifth element stewardess outfit. So there's this red dress that like set me apart from everybody. That's when I started getting celebrity clientele. It's this red dress. And it has the shoulders and then the cutout on the chest, and then it has pleats on it, and it's like a sexy curvy dress. So like nice. that's the first piece that I felt like took me to like the next level. Because when I posted it on my social media, 
it just blew up. And then from there, that's when stylists and everything started reaching out to me. Very nice. How do you want people to feel in your clothes? So my clothes, they're like fashion forward, but I like sexy, but I like classy. So I so I know we're in the age of like the real sexy club wear and everything. And that's mm-hmm. that's cool. Like get your sexy. It's stuff. back again. Huh? Yes. The club wear is back again. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get your sexy on. But at the end of the day, like have it look classy with it. Like my my silhouettes, I like the 1950s, like the 60s. Mm. Like when they were glamorous, like they wore gloves, yeah. had the dynasty. Bar. Yes, that's that's what I live for. So like I like to add some of those elements into my clothes and then have the sexiness with it. A thing that I forgot to mention that plays on the whole sexiness is I this year I actually um got a partnership with Sheen. So I have a collection coming out with Sheen. It's perfect population time, Sheen. And um Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Big things, honey, big things. When I tell you 2022 has been good to me, I would like I am so forever grateful. Um but the collection that I'm doing for Sheen, it has a sexy club to it. But it also has my signature aesthetic with it. So you might see a bodysuit in there, but you'll see, you'll know like, okay, I know that's KL's piece because it has the signature cuts and everything like that. So you'll 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 kind of see that in the collection. It's an 11 look collection. And um, I'm ready for that to get out. I'm like, oh my God, everybody's waiting. Like, oh, you know, I plan to- Do we know when it's coming? They, like, fingers crossed, because it's in bulk production now. So they said by the end of the year, they said. So, you know, let me go out with a bang. With this okay. Thing. But it's definitely sexy and it's definitely classy. Like you'll you'll see you'll see the 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 um, fusion of the two. That is perfection. You know, for me, when I always think about the combination of sexy and classy, I always think about the '90s. Mm-hmm. And I always think about the examples of like Robin from Waiting to Exhale. Mm-hmm. I always think about Connie Spaulding from like Two Can Play That Game from the early 2000s. Yeah. Like Shantae from like Two Can Play That Game. Moesha. Yeah. Like I always think about that aesthetic. That is like my, like if I ever was to design a that to do a line it would be in that aesthetic because that's just like a timeless forever like it's sexy it's classy it translates from day to night it's just oh i love that era when the girls were wearing like blazer jackets with the little short skirts with the tube tops so you could wear it to work and close the jacket and then go to happy hour after and mm-hmm. have the crop top under the jacket ah yeah now nah, the 90s they had that like I get so nostalgic when I see 90s stuff. Like, I, that's another, like, that's another uh, collection I want to tap into is like a revamp 90s because I love the way that they dress in the 90s. I love I the way would, I would love to talk to you about that too. We can have a conversation about that because that is like my dream design collection. Like, I could do that collection and then just die in peace. Absolutely no. I I wholeheartedly agree. The nineties were side and they like especially when it came down to like the upscale parts of it, like it was yeah, that was a time. Like it definitely was a time. Yes, like the nineties made like power suits sexy. Like it was just a 
thing. It was uh great. Tell me about the first celebrity you dressed. The first celebrity I dressed was Gospel Award winning group Mary Mary. Um, yes. <laughs> for the Dove Awards. Now it wasn't like it was it wasn't like couture. It was more like my urban stuff, like my jeans and stuff like that. But they performed in a, an award show. So that was right. for me. So I like to just go from like just your everyday designer to doing Mary Mary for an award, a major award show. It was like an overnight thing, you know. Exactly. I was about to say, did you put Erica in that white turtleneck dress that got her all that, that got her in all that mess? No, I, <laughs> I, I wish. No, now, a dress that I did put on somebody that like is iconic when you look her up. It's this strapless uh, dress where Cynthia Bailey, she was in this magazine, and she had it's like it, it's like heart lines um, with the with the sleeves with the sleeve off the sleeves. And it's black. It, 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 every I, like I've had people say, "You were the designer of that dress." I thought that was like, you know, a big designer. I was like, "Yeah," but that it was a. Second. I am a big designer, darling. Well, I am now. You know, I am now. But back in the day, it was like I was just coming up in the world. But yeah, it's it was it was a amazing like dress. And shout out to Jay Bolin. Uh, you know um, the celebrity stylist. He does like Tyra, mm. and he's the he's the one that gave me my start with celebrities, and he's doing amazingly well. He's like one of the top stylists. But yeah, shout out to him. He has a collaboration with Melody Cherie that's coming out or that's out right now, and I've been seeing it on seeing it on Instagram. It is gorgeous. Oh, I gotta check that out because I, I usually oh. I usually stay. Um, like watching, like well, he comes out my timeline a lot, but I haven't been on my 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 um, <laughs> Instagram page. I've been on like G status promoting, but I got to get back on my regular page because that's where all my fashions and you know style and stuff and everything like that. But yes, he does amazing. He has a great eye for like you know women's bodies and the and the clothes and the draping. He's he's amazing. Yeah, he has beautiful stuff coming out with her. Shout out to them. What is your creative process when you're designing? Um, I'm a storyteller. So <laughs> first I create the story and either the woman or the man and I, I I reflect on like what their lives are like and their day to night and you know, I kinda go from there, I build off of a story and I, I'll build off of a time period and you know then I start with you know that first design and depending on how that goes then I build upon other designs through that one design and mixed in like doing different shapes and just putting together a collection that could transpose from like day to night or you know ready to wear to you know you know red carpet so my creativity, I, I like I said, I, I think I storyboard first. I also get a lot of inspiration by watching like movies and TV. So like, however I feel like, oh, you know, I feel like I'm feeling like, you know, 80-ish. I'll go and watch some 80s movies, you know, just to kind of get the feel of that time period. Or if I'm in, you know, the future, I watch a bunch of futuristic movies to get that feel. So it, it, a lot goes into my creativity. I write stories, you know, 
all right i figure out like if i was to do a campaign like what would the campaign look like based on the storyline so it, a lot of different factors and like um i just get like inspiration from like my surroundings sometimes you know it could be it could be anything now, how does that differ or relate to your process when you're going into producing television? <laughs> when I'm going to produce in television, it's strictly inspired by real life. Like, you know, when if it's scripted, I like to put a little bit of my backstory or what I've experienced, um, you know, just inspiration from personal life, what I've seen online. You know, if I'm right, you know, let's say I do a story, you know, about a man and uh, his boyfriend or something. I don't know. Um, I'll try to pull inspiration from my own life. I'll try to pull inspiration from things that ha have occurred that people are like unsure of. I really like tackling stuff that is not talked about a lot. Like I need, I, I like bringing different things to the forefront, different topics that people can debate on. Or, you know, like if you were wanting to do a show right now and you were telling me, you know, like, you know, I'm going through, you know, a depression process, but I'm, you know, trying to, you know, cope with it and figure it out because I, you know, I wanna, you know, be this big media host. I would want to mm -hmm. tell that I will I would want to tell that story. So everything with television is more like authentic and real life and things that people can relate to. Like, you know, it's with reality and even with scripted, it's not really all about the drama. Yes, the drama is the selling driving point to get the people to be like, ooh, that's drama. But once you start right. peeling back the layers of your character and who you are and people actually getting to see that oh he might you know they may they may think like you're like a mean person but when they watch the show they're like oh my god he's really just a you know a sweetheart person he's really vulnerable you know he you know so i try to get my story told in a way that people can relate to it so i guess it kind of has a, a similar nature to the fashion but more so just it's not fictional, it's real. So just right. giving, giving more authenticness of it. I love that. Listen, don't threaten me with a good time because <laughs> you literally just told my 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 pitch if I was to actually pitch a show about myself because I'm working on five podcasts right now. I'm working on starting my own podcast network slash production company. Like, and I asked about the info to pitch you shows because I'm the friend that like, asked, hey, I'm asking for a friend and I'm the friend. And you're the friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me. But, you but know, I was trying to be professional and be like, you know, just keep it offline. I'd be like, you know, just slide into the, you know, the uh, thing afterwards. But since you brought it up, I will be pitching you shows, just so you know. Absolutely. You never have to be afraid to ask. That's one of the very, that's how I got a lot of my starts is by emailing. Like, especially like what a lot of people don't know is I pitched a lot. Like I've, I've been seen by networks and everything. I've even had a contract to do reality myself, but the show got canceled. And I was going about to go into the house and turn up and be the crazy reality star that sold me, but it got canceled and I talk about that it was nothing i did but the show you know the parties involved are big celebs and they they had some backlash on media and they kind of got canceled for a little while so that show got canceled 
But um, never be afraid to ask because when I watched a lot of reality TV shows, I literally looked at the production companies and the names and the credits, and I literally went to their web websites and emailed them. And from their pitching, they would, you know, I've had uh, development deals on shows where they were taking, you know, my footage and putting it together and pitching it to networks. So never be afraid to ask it. Put yourself out there because you never know who will want to see you win. And most of the time, people are about, you know, up and coming, new faces and what they can do. Like some of the time, I know a lot of things are celebrity driven, but a lot of the times, authentic personalities and new faces, networks want want to take a chance on it. You know, they want to see, you know, something that hasn't been done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, that's good because I was going to ask you what advice you had for somebody who had aspirations in production because that is my long-term goal is to do certain things on camera like, you know, talk show, radio, podcasting, stuff like that. But my long-term goal is to be in the production side of it, you know, hosting and things like that. But really, you know, my mainstay is the is the behind the scenes that the behind the scenes aspect so i was going to ask you what your advice was for somebody who wanted to get into the space that you're in now yeah it, it's just going after it don't and this is another thing i'm not saying you can't get a start from like up and coming because i'm definitely i've definitely been in up and coming arena but just yeah it's all about vibes and energy like sometimes you could get on with somebody up coming and y'all can blow up together but really what suits you and what your energy aligns if you feel it works for you and oh my god this might be the opportunity for me go for it like just do it like go for it don't be afraid like because if you don't do it then it's like no one will be able to see what you're about so you have to be able to put yourself out there and be willing to be flexible and just kind of learn you know from people and just be a good uh judge of people's character like there may you know everybody's not a tyler or you know t.s madison or you know oprah you know some people are like up and coming but you can see that their coming is you know gonna be pretty soon you know what i'm saying like right. Oh, like I'm working with them and you're seeing them move and how they maneuver, you know, go with your gut, you know, because right. I, I I believe in so many people that I've ever, I've worked with and I just know like they're going to be a star or they can go here and I'll definitely try my best to push them forward. So even if you're around somebody and you're pitching yourself and you know the energy aligns, they, they can see your energy and they can see like, hmm, I want to work with them. So just be willing to put yourself out there and you know be vulnerable and flexible to you know everything within like you know moral and within moral boundaries you know what i'm saying right talk about you know extra whatever i'm talking stop about just short of selling your soul yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes do you have a preference towards menswear or women's wear a lot of the time I'm doing women's wear, but I so be wanting to try just so much with men's wear. It's just like, it's the basically, it's, 
Men's wear is so simplistic to me. I just be wanting to have the people that want to be out of the box. Like celebrity mm-hmm. artists and musicians, they be on the red carpet wearing all kinds of crazy, you know, crazy stuff. But when it comes to like the everyday with men's wear, it's like, oh, you know, a man ain't just gonna be out all the time in like fur and feathers or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just right. Cut jackets and stuff. So I, I that's why you could do more with women's wear, but I really love doing like dope jackets and crazy suits and stuff like that for men but I guess I could say equally I like them both um but I do more women's wear than men's wear I take that what's been the biggest lesson you've learned producing television oh god I have <laughs> tell, I was born and I, I've warned my my people coming on produ- to production is don't get close to the talent. Meaning, like, oh, <laughs> like close, like you know, close, but close, like don't get close to, you know, you know, being personable. Like, you know, I'm just don't be best friends with the people you employ. Yes, and the funny part about it is every single production I have, I make lifelong friends from those productions. So it's, it's I can't even tell people that because it happens to me. But the problem is when you are, let's say you're close with one cast member, especially on reality, and some yep. cast member might be like, oh, it's favoritism. Mm, they getting all the scene. And it's not, it don't even really be that. <laughs> you really be just working with everybody equally and they really mm-hmm. the feelings like, oh, I don't. And they be mad. They are mad about it. And the thing about it is, I love my cast equally, and I would do anything for them in reason when they ask me to. But that is the biggest life lesson is like how to balance, you know, personal relationships with your talent and work relationships without it being a conflict. That's my biggest lesson. And just another big lesson is really studying people before you allow them on your platform. Cause I I, I don't know, I don't know if you've got, you've been in the web streets, but I have a few disgruntled. Oh yeah. Disgruntled, it is not a lie. It's just like maybe two or three. Disgruntled mm-hmm. ex-employees because of, you know, not really wanting to abide by their contract. When I, now when people sign a contract and they come to a production, I want to have orientations. You know what I mean? Like an employer with reality, we don't really do, they don't really do orientations. Even when I was in, um, even when I was, got picked up by the show on VH1, I, um, I just had a person come out or the associate producer came out. He shot me at home, like, you know, and that's when I found, that's when I got like greenlit to be on the show. And then I had a talent manager and, you know, she was just, you know, letting me know when the dates were and everything like that. But we didn't have like an orientation to orientation. With it, with the web world, you got to think, some people that's going to major television, they already know what they're getting into because they've been in the business, they've been going to auditions, they've been on productions. So some of these people going to reality TV on like major networks, they've already been doing this when it comes to like the independent circuit, like the YouTube or the web world circuit, it's people so new to production that they don't really know how it works. So they have this whole thing in their head, like thinking it's gonna go this way and it doesn't always go the way that they think it's gonna go. So in turn to them, they thinking it's bad or it's evil or it's that or it's this. 
and it's not really that. So my biggest life lesson is doing orientations, taking the time to sit down individually, even though you've had those interviews and you, you know, you ask them the questions, really having that orientation and letting them know, hey, this is how the process works. Hey, this is how long it could take. Hey, this is what it's what it is. Hey, sometimes, it's, you know, that's my life learning lesson is, is really, you know, just being more informative um, and then just really balancing like those personal and professional relationships. I totally see how that could be a struggle. <laughs> Trust me, it is, you know. Absolutely. Now, in now in the context of that, what's the biggest lesson you've learned just from reality TV? Um, my lesson that I've learned from reality TV is no contract, <laughs> I don't care, big or small, is going to stop anybody from talking about you. You know, any I'm talking about talent-wise, big or small. If a if a production goes up in flames, or not even up in flames, if if a talent doesn't gel with the production, you you be prepared for backlash because in media, like you could you've seen your biggest celebs on reality speak out in suit productions. No one is safe. Okay, so when you make sure you're going into production on any show, make sure you're mentally prepared for what's to come because if not, you won't you won't last long in this industry. Wise words. Wise, wise words. What has fashion taught you about yourself? Fashion has taught me that I'm willing to go the distance with myself. I'm willing to never give up because as you know, with fashion, um, some, it takes, it can take a while to break and be that big household name. Um, there's been designers that would, they didn't get, you know, really major until like 40, like Vera Wang and stuff like that. So I've taught fashion, is a part of me, it's longevity, and I know that I would never give it up. It it builds my character in terms of like, you know, sacrifice and bearing the long journey, like being able to never give up on my dreams. How have you grown as a designer from the start of your career or from that decision that you made that you were gonna create your lines for consumption to you as a designer in the present day? Oh man, just simply based on the fact that um, I started Urban in t-shirts mm-hmm. and now being able to say that I'm an international fashion designer with a collaboration with a billion dollar um, online retailer like that in itself like shows my you know my growth and my accomplishment absolutely congratulations again thank you so much that is that is incredible now listen and make sure to... you keep an eye out for your shit because you know Sheree be looking at the Sheen website so make sure <laughs> cause I've seen your pieces honey you actually make quality shit make sure that the girls around the Atlanta ain't oh. lurking God, you know, it was so funny because I had this 
uh, blogger who jokes with me all the time, like, well, I heard that you put uh, uh, She by Charade stuff together. I said, you know what? Don't play with me. Because Was you the pieces that got caught up? No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I th- actually. Did she I- pay you? No, let me stop. Now, she would have paid me. She would have had some over-the-top athleisure wear going down. Her athleisure wear would have had shoulder pads. And it would have still been athleisure wear, but it would have been all original because I don't believe in buying pieces. Like, unless I'm doing a retail store, like when I do a, open my um, showroom, I'm going to sell retail pieces, but you know they're going to be retail and I have my whole walls and racks with all my stuff. But I don't believe in putting my name on somebody else's designs. I would I would never do that. I, I couldn't. Even when people come to me to get customs and they want me to replicate, I don't replicate. Now I can give you your own unique original design based upon your inspiration, but I don't believe in putting my name on others' work. But I think that is so funny that you said that because that blog would be having me dying and talk, but I heard you was a... Uh, just because I said a letter that don't mean gonna be that fucked around and straight I'm gonna stole your shit alright I'm so mad because you know what there is a lot of copying within this this industry and I do I do not like that at at all like it's already hard enough um, as it is for you know designers especially black designers to really have their voice in a in a you know an industry with high-end fashion houses that are solely white so you know it's hard so somebody stealing my design oh you know i'm blasting them on every i'm using my uh my uh youtube page i'm using all of my instagram pages my business pages and i'm gonna have big letters cop you know <laughs> copyright copyright infringement <laughs> period <laughs> What should we be most excited about in this upcoming season of G-Status besides the restructuring, the rebranding, the reframing, the re the rebudgeting, the requalifying and ting and ting and tinging, all the reshizzing? Well, I like how you've been paying attention and doing your research. I love an interview where they really pay attention to what's going on in the streets. Um, Listen, I, when I have people on my show, it's because I want them on for a reason. <laughs> I don't just pick random people. It's because uh-huh. I genuinely want to have a serious conversation with you. So I be binging and looking at the things and I be snooping around and looking around because, you know, I'm also out here networking in these streets right. as well. Absolutely. But if I want to talk to you, it's for a very specific reason. So I have very specific questions. Well, in terms of what to expect, it's the like okay season one when i look at season one i get this i get this um refreshing feeling i'm like oh my god season one was just you cannot you can't replace season one i love them because they just had their own little niche you know they Mm -hmm. wasn't too violent but they was funny and you know a little style you know they were well, not a little stylish they were stylish they were you know a lot of I remember listen I remember season one and I had a question about the whole coming of the the whole merging of two shows because I heard about all of this before mind you you know I'm in East Streets as you mm-hmm. think but I was like this show is so interesting because listen I've been a fan of Sherrod for a long time for several different reasons we don't got to talk about that here but <laughs> Um, I but like I've been a fan of certain people like 
Sherrod, and Akeem, me and him on all, like, 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 so, <laughs> you know, I know how he gives it up. Oh, so, yeah. like, I was like, oh, okay, so all of it, like, okay, he got another, sh- okay, well, what's he over there giving? And I was like, oh, this is different. I like this. Right. So, yeah, so with the season, exactly. So with the season one, it's just, I look at episodes on, like, you can't recreate this season. Um, season two, it, the styles stepped up. You know, you had Charlie over the top. Our guy was over the top. You know, they, <laughs> they really came, they really, season two, they really came with this. They had, you know, the foxes, you know, they were the stylists. They had that season two glow up where they know how they look on camera. Now they show up at the they show up in the fashions and the clothes and the things and it's like oh it's real like it's reality but yeah. like it's real life but it's also reality television it's also reality television right and then you had you had you know you know your little ratchet you know you had you know not and they ain't say he ratchet ratchet but you had Devon and King and all of them and so you merged them together and it was just clusterfuck of if can I can I say that word because I don't know oh yes you can curse okay. here you're saying I'm okay. sure I've been doing it the whole episode probably <laughs> who knows but you had this big combination of two different styles and it was just like clashing like that season non-stop was to me was just like chaotic but it was Battle of the Titans yeah cinematography wise it was beautiful you know you you had like these amazing merging of two worlds and it was over the top. You know, that that's what I want to call. Season two was over the top. Mm-hmm. Season one was, you know, refreshing. Season two was over the top. Season three is authentic. It's raw. Mm. It's real. You know what I'm saying? It's personal relationships that I didn't even know existed outside of the space because when I was casting, Everybody had a different story. They didn't know who knew who, but because you're doing a rebrand reboot, you don't you you're not dealing with any previous, but just two, Sherrod and the King, but you're not dealing with previous cast members from other seasons. So you're dealing with all new faces. So once they come together and you realize, oh, this person knew this person, they had bad dealings with this. They used to be former friends. They've been friends for over 20 years. They ain't know each other was on the show. You know, they crossing each other. It was like, oh my God, this is deep. It's deep. Like, you cannot write this. It's almost like a soap opera, not like fake, but like, like, damn, twisted. Is there any the intensity? Yeah. Yes. Not not really. I won't I won't I don't want to say violent on camera because I didn't want there to be the focal point of this season, like all that fighting and stuff, because we have mm-hmm. policies and procedures. But it got there, you know, it got to, to the scuffles, but not to not to nobody really just banging each other up. It got to the scuffles, you know, it got to like love and hip hop now, how they be trying to avoid the fights as much as they can. But right you will also get authentic storylines for people talking about what they dealt with, whether it be like health issues, whether it be like depression, whether it be like transitioning, you know, people transitioning. So you're gonna get a raw, real reality show this season. You're gonna get a raw, real reality show. So that's what- So do we have an idea of when this season is coming? Cause I was already excited, but Uh, damn. Now you got got me about to turn into one of your fans, like listen. 
<laughs> well, I'm gonna give you a little tidbit. I am doing something special because with 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 the distribution deal, it's gonna be a little longer. So it may be at the top of the next year because of how Tubi does their programming schedule and everything. But I am gonna do a little private screening of the pilot, and it's gonna be for media really special fans cast family members and y'all can get like the whole pilot episode it'll be a private invite on the screen that i'll let everybody because it's going to be ultimately a celebration for the deal so i'll you know, i will be inviting y'all so you will get to see like at least the pilot before it hits the two situation but it won't be going on like youtube or not like that but it'll just be for you know invite on well, that is so exciting. Listen, it, whenever it, when y'all have gotten to the agreement and like gotten to the date of when the programming and stuff happened, listen, you have an open door to, to come back and promote, tell us all the updates and all of the, the, the things that have been going on. Talk about the trailer when you're ready to drop the new trailer. Like, oh, I, you know it's what I, exciting. But you know what I'm gonna be hitting into that time, until that time comes up. Cause my cast members ain't really even did pre-interviewing yet. So I, I'm really gonna be putting them out there on the circuit, just how they do on other shows. Before they end up, you know, before they end up uh, going, the show coming out, they be doing interviews and I'm gonna have them out there till people are sick of them. And then wanna be like, well, I'm, I'm ready for them now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna make sure we're doing like, we're keeping y'all informed and up to date and stuff like that. Absolutely. And the entire cast is welcome to come here. I want to interview everybody. I want to talk to everybody. I want to see what everybody's promoting, what everybody's doing, what we should be looking out for. All of the things are the same. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely be. I'll talk to you about that offline, you know, to see if we can set set things up and, you know, kind of align, align everything to kind of roll out and stuff. So definitely I would love to you know, have them on your platform because you you definitely do your research, and I definitely Thank love you. how you know how you maneuver through things, and I, I appreciate that. It would be an honor and a pleasure because listen, this is like what I do. Like I love being all in the space. I love entertainment. I love reality TV. I love production. I love people. So I love being on both sides of that kind of coin and. You know, in, in any way that I can be a part of helping, you know, Black creative, Black queer creative, all, you know, take our take our projects to the next level. I'm all for it. And I want to be involved as much as I can. So it would be a pleasure for me. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely well, thank you so much. What other shows and projects should we be expecting from you as a last reminder going out of the show. So Glam Devos was the show I put two episodes out. So just, you know, in a few weeks you'll get you'll get the roll out of that on YouTube. So it's not like you'll it's not like there'll be, you know, our page will just be dry and, you know, not posting anything. I'm gonna finish up Glam Devos and get that out to the peoples because they love that little show. It's a little shady show now. They, you know, they mm-hmm. those are by androgynous gay men. So they kind of blur the lines between, you know, uh, you know, 
they, they wear heels and makeup, but they, you know, they can still be a boy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a yeah. it's an in-betweener show and they're very a shady group of people. Um, and you know, that's really what that show is all about. So, you know, we had a cute little, you know, roll out of those two episodes and they actually loved it. And so I, I'm gonna bring it back and, you know, let the people have some fun until G set is gone. Absolutely. Now, my last question for you is where can the people find you? Where can the people find all of the things that you want them to find? And do you have any last thoughts, any last things that you want to make sure that we're looking out for, looking forward to something that you may have forgotten? Yeah. So one, uh, so you can find me on Instagram at KL Extraordinaire. That's with an X. Now, I am going to tell you, my page is temporarily deactivated until I can get back in. And for some reason, they don't think it's me. That's me. And I keep sending them my face and ID. And I'm like, this is me on my page. Give me back my page. You Give know, me my shit. Yeah, but if not, y'all will see a backup. And, and I, y'all will see when y'all see it. But that's my Instagram. Facebook is KL Extraordinaire with the X Allen. Now, I do on that page that is my family, friends, and business colleagues, so I'm a little less not promoting reality, but more positivity and business deals on that page, so don't come over there looking for no tea or no ratchetness over there, because <laughs> people over there, Instagram is what where it's at with that. Um, now, G Status ATL Hustle, y'all already know the IG for that. For the clothing line, it's perfectpopulation.com if you want to, you know, get a few pieces, you know, hit me up or whatever. And um, the production company website is www.p3kproductions.com. Um, of course, you know the YouTube page, OMS TV Plus, on YouTube. And yeah, um, if you want to submit anything, cast info at p3kproductions.com or info at omstvnetwork.com. And we'll, you know, we'll get back to you in that process. And then just closing remarks, um, through this journey of really taking over G status and coming to like the web space with the reality of it all and just stepping from behind, being behind the scenes. I know y'all see me in, in the, the seasons like in one and two in the background, breaking up fights and doing all, this, doing all of the things and sometimes getting the cast members together for acting unruly. When I stepped into like the forefront of it all, I didn't have the best welcoming experience ever. I have, like when I say I'm probably, I always tell people I'm the most hated producer in the web, LGBTQ web reality space for some reason, I don't know. But- Why do you feel that is? I think because I, I don't, I'm not apologetic about how I am. I'm very outspoken, meaning like, you know, I respect everybody and I love everybody but you cannot sun me. You cannot make me feel like I have to do things the way that you want me to do those. Because when you're different, you're an artist, you do your own thing. And that has always worked for me. Like I follow the rules of the industry, but I don't follow the rules of public scrutiny. You should do this scale. You should do, I don't follow those guidelines. So I get a lot of flack for not being, not doing what people want me to do and not following a trend. So with, with that being said, things are working for me. Um, I'm moving up. Like I, it's not, it's not about like, you know, it's just about me doing me. 
and I want people, I want to, when I say reintroduce myself, when I go to, when we go to Tubi, I want to be on my next level. So I don't want to be even engaging in chaos and conflict and drama and tea. I just want to be like that producer that everybody adores. And you know, they just watch my work, not scrutinize my life and try to figure out. Because in this, in what I've learned is a lot of people want tea on me and they want to see like, how does he do it? What is he, you know, what is going like, how he move? I'm not, I'm not very forthcoming with like my personal life like that. I let that be behind the scenes. Like I'm engaged and all of that. I let my partner be behind the scenes. You don't need to know, you know where Congratulations. I get my money. <laughs> you don't need to know where I get my money. I'm like, like me and Marlo Hampton are from the same, we're both from St. Petersburg, Clearwater. I'm St. Pete, Clearwater for the same thing. I, I lived in St. Pete and born in St. Pete, lived in St. Pete and I also lived in Clearwater. So uh, just like they be asking Marlo, well, how she make her money? We are, let me tell you something. God. God. <laughs> that God. That's how we make our money. And no, it's nothing illegal. I've been, I've always been, I'm educated and I'm by the book. And But I just feel like those things are not for everybody. Like how you make your money does not, that I don't need to know that. You know what I mean? If it's legal and legit, kudos to you. As long as you got me in no, uh illegal stuff. We good, you know. I just need to know that you're a good person, you're reliable, and we can work. So I want people to see me the same. Stop trying to figure out KL's life and, and just pay attention to the content, pay attention to the quality, pay attention to work, what he's trying to do. Listen to those words because if you don't, you may end up stuck, you know, and not, you know, being in that one place, and you may see your peers moving further than you just try to you know when it comes to people don't watch people's life just figure out what works for you and how you can go on does that make sense like i i, I got it makes 100 percent sense yeah. because yeah. i i think that for me i I agree with that because like I do things in a lot of different ways than other people and I approach similar platforms and doing things in different ways than other people so it's like you know what's always been my what's always brought me whatever success that I've ever had because of my authenticity and because of the unique way that I do it and because I don't pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Right. I've always just kind of stuck to my own path and my own vision and me being an artist and being sensitive about my shit. It's always led me to just follow my gut, right? Right. So I completely get where you're coming from because yeah. I'm one of those people, like when I do my shows and stuff, I don't, like when I produce and do the things like that, I don't think about people reacting to me as a personality or think about what people are going to think about me as the host of these podcasts or like the uh, people who like as the face of these things I don't think about that I'm more so focused on the quality of the content that I'm putting out and the art that I'm doing and let people focus on that or hope that that's what people focus on because I don't think about oh do I like what are people going to think of me as a host so mm -hmm. I completely get where you're coming from Right, because we live in a social media era where everybody's looking at everybody's social media and it's not always what appears to be. So sometimes when people can see greatness in you and you're not, they're like, how is, how is he getting that? How did he get that interview? How did he get that deal? Oh, wow. You know, then they start like trying to find, figure out your life 
No, if you would just focus on what works for you, you could be equally successful or not. Or even if you don't feel like I'm successful, you have to focus on you. So that's what I want people to do when it comes to me. Look at the quality and the growth and what I'm trying to do versus his per my personal life and trying to figure things out and get teed. I think that's just, that's, it's unproductive. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have the time because I got too busy. I, I'm too busy trying to get my own blessings to count. So I'm not worried about what other people are doing because I feel like my pocket is too empty and I'm an insatiable. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say I'm a bottom because I'm not. But um, but I am insatiable. So, I, so, so enough is never enough for me. So I'm always focused on what's my next goal? What's my next project? What's my next pitch? What's my next thing I'm doing? Like, how am I going to get to my next level? And that's never, that's never clouded by what other people are doing. Because, you know, I, I ain't the most religious person. But as the people say down to the church house, what is for you is for you, baby. Okay? <laughs> I got to ask this. What is your sign? Please. What is your sign? Virgo. Vir there you go. I Makes need sense, doesn't it? <laughs> close to my sign because I'm a Libra, so I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm early stage Libra, September 29th. So I got I got Virgo habits, and I don't have Scorpio because I'm between Scorpio and Virgo. So I'm like really Virgo Leo. The ver the perfectionist the perfectionist in me is Virgo, but the Libra in me is that that drive that go getter type, you know, personality and the like in beauty and art and stuff like that. So like, it makes sense about you being a Virgo. Y'all are very put together. Y'all know what y'all want. Y'all work hard. Like it's, you know, my former producer was a, was a Virgo. And you know how he had that quality. I'll never take anything away from that boy. He was amazing with that eye and that quality and that editing. So I know about yeah. it, but God. That's the, yeah, that's the aesthetic, man. Like I really just care about the work and the art and the, and the and the content and making the next best thing and and to me like you're only as great as your last hit so like it's like you're always trying to find what's the next big thing what's the next great show what's the next great idea who's the next great content creator like listen we could talk all day because i have things that i want to pitch i have things that i wanted to do and i'm always looking for collaborators in specifically queer people of color because that's where I feel like I resonate the most and and like I feel like I understand that niche the most as a queer person of color mm -hmm. so you know we I, get along I agree before like I'll say this when I was doing like my series trade it was about the uh, lifestyle just because that's kind of where I kind of you know there's a there's another interview I have where I explain my we understand the trend. process my process of that but like when I did this season of G Status even though I did one and two I was doing more so like set production and not really getting involved like with the cast members of the storyboard and other other than that first season because I got some things I had like was working with the cast on first season you know with storylines but until the third season I really got more into the community and that's when I started seeing like different like the good and the bad of the community but more so that there is an untapped market in the community of very very talented people that deserve just as much mainstream as a heterosexual person 
And what I find interesting is that sometimes it can be a crab in the barrel mentality with our community. But if we like work Badly. together, push each other, we could really be on. Like I consider this whole web world space with the reality shows to be like a, a, a second coming of ballroom culture. You know, ballroom culture was an underground thing. This web world is an underground thing. When somebody finally sees the, the array of shows we have on YouTube and drives us into the forefront, we'll have t- we'll have more shows on there than than the housewives, basketball wise. We will have a ton of shows on mainstream. It just it's gonna take a pioneer to for someone to make web world shows popular, and then network mm-hmm. every network is gonna want to have a LGBTQ ensemble cast on their network. Trust me, trust me on that. I absolutely love the thought process on that and aligning it with the trajectory of ballroom in the mainstream because ballroom has been this underground thing that people just don't know about. Like, listen, I've walked European runway back in the days when nobody even saw ballroom on television. Like, we barely saw drag on television back in 2009. Like, I was walking balls back in the years when Drag Race first premiered. Let's just put it like that. So, like, it's crazy to see where it is now and seeing Michaela J winning a Golden Globe for being, like, like for a show about ballroom and seeing Legendary being this incredible competition show that's out now. And I love the thought process of that because there's so many of these LGBT-focused shows on YouTube that are great reality shows. I watch them all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I watch them all. And so I'm like, it just, oh. like... Why we can't have one on Netflix? Why we can't have one on VH1? Why we can't have one on MTV? Why we can't have one on Bravo? Why we can't have one on OWN? It's plenty of culture, culture styles of LGBT people that could fit all of those narratives. Real house, real house husbands of, you know, Atlanta, you know, know, every little niche, you know, music artists. We can have a gay, I mean, some of us used to consider, she says to be the gay love and hip hop, but I've kind of like diversified the cast. But I would say Chasing now more so has that aesthetic of music. So while we can't have those different shows on each network, we don't even have a show that's mainstream with an ensemble gay cast on a major network. We don't. Only thing close to that was, and that's Zeus because it's a streaming app, but it was Bad Boys. And then the Bobby I Love You Purr was a, was a fool, but it was uh, uh, Triggered, triggered. Sorry. <laughs> but it Bobby, I love you per triggers me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's intense. But we don't have Speaking that. of DL culture. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we don't have that show on VH1 that's gay in the community that we follow their lives every day and they're just getting it and grinding. All, we the don't closest have- we got to a gay ensemble reality show was the A-list on Logo. Yeah, and that was, you know, that was one. That was something. Mm. That was something. Well, well, that was, shout out to them, but that was not what we needed. Rep- I didn't see our representation. Exactly. That was very um, Caucasian. That was very white. Mm-hmm. And so while we had the queer representation, there was no people of color on the show. And then the person that they did bring on, that was a person of color they tried to villainize. Mm, so as always 
I ain't forget about that, okay? Um, shout out to the A-list New York. Now, um, so I feel like that gap has been open for so long. And it's like, where are, like, we don't even see that representation on the shows that we have now, where it's like, we've never even seen, like, a gay cast member on these shows. Like, the closest we've seen is maybe, like, um, the drag queen who was a friend of on, on the won the Real Housewives of Miami the first couple of seasons. Mm. But most people don't even remember that. And then you have gay storylines sprinkled through our love and hip-hop. But it's just kind of like, it's always a niche to it. Milan Christopher don't count. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he. That does not count. um, Milan Christopher, if you ever come across this, I ain't shading you or nothing. Just stop falling out with the networks, please. Because we... If I ever got the chance to, I would be working my way up to the execs to get my show with with them. So I wouldn't be trying to fight against them. I would be trying to. Especially when you somebody who's supposed to be having your own damn network and you supposed to be creating your own shit and like have your own production company. Mm-hmm. Like you sitting here falling out with all these people when you could be negotiating partnerships with these people. So I would just, listen, I'm not trying to shake. Listen, I'm not the one to read, honey, but the girls say, down to the blog and to the Instagram that you real messy mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I, and I'm not talking about on camera I'm talking about b- behind the scenes where it counts you can be messy on camera all day turn the party listen we love Akeem oh, right. down mm-hmm. we love Akeem down <laughs> for being messy on camera right. but, but however <laughs> he's been on so many shows because he is a professional Pay right, attention. Right, right. Exactly. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Carly Red has lasted 15 seasons on Love and Hip Hop yeah. being messy because she's a professional behind the scenes. Yes, yes. Like, yes. she's professionally messy. Yes. But yet, she has lasted on this show as a main set. Well, she was well, she was a friend of this season. I don't know what's going on with that, but y'all also didn't have Mimi on either, so we need to talk to them on the side about that whole cast. But... I she say all of that. She came right at the end. I guess they set her up to be come back the next season because I think they, I think they be filming all around now. Like they don't stop, do they? Like they, they. Got I don't think they do because yeah. the way, like, it's weird because now they're doing this part A, part B, mm-hmm. and then they split the season up into six months, which, which means there's funny contract business going on that I don't like, but that's a whole different thing. Um, it's just a lot going on with the Love & Hip Hop franchise that I don't understand. Like, I don't understand Love & Hip Hop Atlanta without Mimi Fowles. That doesn't even make sense to me. I think they got the hint because she appeared in that last, in those, was it the last two episodes she came back? And, and turned it. Yeah, so I turned it. her up to come back probably. They probably just gave her like, you know, a a little time off just to kind of, you know, get a little something something together well from what she said because you know I do my research and I go straight to the horse so from what she had done said she was basically saying that because she wasn't willing to show her relationship ups and downs with Ty and them getting engaged and then breaking up and then getting back together uh, and then getting re-engaged congratulations to them VH1 wasn't having it mm. because they was like, listen, if we're not covering your your lesbianism, we don't want to 
we not trying to watch you cash Faith Evans child support check. So she wasn't on the show. (laughs) Now, mind you, I would love to see Mimi Faust at the bank cash in a Faith Evans check like it's a NeNe Leaks Trump check. I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. But listen, VH1 been going through some things. They've been restructuring with their production companies and things like that. So they've been and you know, is Mona Scott even involved with Love & Hip Hop anymore? No, it's it's all in-house now with VH1 Productions. They have their own little production company or whatever the case may be, so, you know. Because things have been looking real left over there. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on with New York because all of them are moving to Atlanta. Hollywood is looking a mess. Like, it's non-existent. I can only find Miss Nikki Baby on Instagram. Like, what is happening? with love and hip hop. Right. Oh God. Exactly. But of any rate, I feel like we could possibly correct these nuanced issues with the collaboration of our own. So we can continue this conversation offline because I feel like if I go any further, we're gonna spoil some things and then I'm gonna have <laughs> to start saying patent pending and trademark pending. <laughs> oh, I would love to, you know, I would, let me just say, I would love to be a pioneer for that. Like, like now that I, I don't know if Black Ink crew has gone away from VH1, but I would love to be a pioneer for this, our, our type of show for VH1 to shake, shake the, shake the industry up. You know what I'm saying? Give them our jewels, you know, and build our whole franchise through the VH1 with where they, you know, where they have people on their 15 to 16 seasons like Carly Red or whatever, you know? Hello. Because Akeem will be that one that will be on that season 25. Exactly. Turning the party. Exactly. And and you know what's crazy? Like, you say VH1, I feel like that's the network to do it because, like, they've positioned Drag Race as, like, one of their flagship shows Mm -hmm. on VH1. So it's not like they don't have the queer aesthetic already working itself into the mix. So, like, with these shows, like, Love and Hip Hop seemingly falling the fuck apart, Black and Crew, we don't know what is going on over there. Mm. <laughs> on any of the franchises, New York, Chicago, Compton, we don't know what is going on with any of Black Ink. Mm-hmm. But... I, there is a there is room there is a niche there is a place that, that that needs to be held for this type of programming and honestly G status is a, I mean I'm just saying y'all 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 give a VH1 okay I'll try let me tell you it ain't we gonna try we we giving our putting our best foot forward oh we gonna shake the table we gonna shake that the part table. <laughs> and I feel like that's what I love most about your show is like it feels like there's not a lot of reality shows where everybody understands what they're there for mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of shows where everybody is trying to be Natalie Nunn everybody's trying to be NeNe Leagues every, everybody's trying to be Lisa Vanderpump and it's like we don't need seven of the same bitch on one show <laughs> exactly like everybody want to be a Dini a Jocelyn no be a you like we want to see authenticness we want to see what what you give like we need we need to make space for new characters you know those yes. characters that us about you know that wows us about reality TV that makes us be like 
this is, you know, this is refreshing. Like, I, I, one of my favorite shows is Bell Collective. Like, they are, they're uh, they have their own judge. Like, I, I like them. I like them girls. They, you know, they have me like, you know, entertained. But like, you know, this last season was was intense. But you know, they're their own person, just like Love and Marriage Huntsville. They're not mm-hmm. like the housewives. They have their own aesthetic. Like we want to see like new faces and new characters. Don't over. I mean, we're not saying over the top. You know, ain't good. But like, you could be over the top without being over the top. Like you know, right? Want that real? You know, right? You can listen. There's a difference between Portia Williams and Drew Sedora. That's where I'm gonna leave that. <laughs> God bless you both. That, although they, you know, you you think like me. Although they they're trying, like I feel like the fans are trying because they miss Portia. They're trying to give Drusador, like give Drusador the Portia treatment. I'm like not even close. <laughs> Be wrong like, mother, low. wrong road, wrong road, wrong road. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Portia is Portia without even trying. Like Portia could go live and it just it just get Portia. And you like, girl, you yeah, so silly. It just Portia. You 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 accidentally showing your damn wedding dress on live and being on there for a minute and a half and not even noticing. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, I, I, I'm sorry, but that's what I was. Portia, about. That's, what I, that's what I was talking about. I like this girl is so funny like but drew to me she's a very pretty girl she body yachty but it's she's like beautiful she, yeah. she's but, always been beautiful but i've beautiful. got the voice curtain it's Sorry. like reads and shades it's forced it, it's given very theatrics you know she's an actress so to me it gets theatrical like i don't you know i get it you know they're trying to you know i get they it they trying to beverly hills atlanta and my problem is, you got bitches around here that ain't doing shit. Okay? Oh, Beverly Hills ate the girls up. If you really want to ate the girls up. If you really want to be real about it, they done ate the girls up. And that's the problem. Like, they trying to, they're, they're trying to Beverly Hills, Atlanta, and bring on famous girls to Atlanta to try to retool and rejudge it now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, I'm, I, I, I don't respect no bitch that buys inauthentic props. Right. Don't be around here throwing dog bones and you ain't yeah. got no pet. Now pet. You ain't never had a pet in your childhood. And Thank now you. all of a sudden you want to pop up with a dog bone. Like, what does that mean? Why? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You should be putting that much effort into dropping it with Drew. Listen, don't get me started on Drew Sedora. <laughs> Wait a minute. Pull back. Don't get me started on Drew Sedora because this would be a whole nother two hours that I could go in just on reading her and her somewhere <laughs> between 10 and 25 pounds she lost in 30 days. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, and anyway. Let me tell you something. Shout out I, to Ralph in Tampa. I love me some charade, but girl, this season, girl. I don't, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, subscribe. I don't subscribe this season. I'm like, girl, what's really going on, girl? It's not giving the charade I used to know. It's giving very much like, I don't know what it's giving. You know? It's, it's giving, 
it's giving you show up in a seven thousand dollar poncho, but you can't pay three hundred and fifty thousand, yeah. three hundred and fifty dollars for half of a bill yeah, that you volunteered to pay for. Yeah, it's giving you bragging about not paying your bills. Yeah. After all the work, see, this is why me and Sheree got beef. Like, I have personal beef with Sheree <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and I wasn't even going to say nothing, but since you brought it up, Sheree, I'm going to go ahead and call your ass out while I got you on the phone. Listen, after all the work Garcelle did with Kyle in Beverly Hills, and to bring that conversation about Black people not paying their bills and how that stereotype is this, that, and the third, you going to sit here and get your ass <laughs> Get your ignorant ass on national television and brag about not paying your fucking bill. Yes. Ma'am. Yes. Oh, it is. You have a $3 million house and you can't pay the gardener? Yeah. I'm confused. What is going on around Chateau Thelma that you can't get your fucking bills paid? I just think she just cheap. I just think she cheap. I think I don't even think it's a money situation. She just cheap. Like I don't think she's hurting for money at all. Even though, even though, even though, even though, Mm. we can go back to that conversation about how you were saying how people questioning how people getting their money and all that stuff. You said the kidney ain't got it. (laughs) Listen, let's just listen. I'm not the one to read. I keep saying that. I'm not the one to read. But the girls say when Sheree has not been on Real Housewives of Atlanta, the only thing Sheree has been doing was writing one book and produced one season of a television show. It took us 14 years to get sheen by Sheree. Okay, let me be clear about that. Sheree announced she by Sheree on season one, episode one of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Think about that. Just think about that. Where is Sheree getting her money from? Because Bravo pick her up, put her down, take her peach, give it to her, whatever they damn feel like it. Like, so how is Sheree, like, how is this happening? Maybe she had a little bit of Tyrone money stashed away a little bit, you know, in the change first. You were thinking Tyrone had some money stashed away in that change purse, then he wouldn't be coming on the scene like, uh-huh, then like old boy from Baby Kids. Oh, but I digress. You know what? Uh, you know what? I can't. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out if he had, listen, I'm just trying to figure out why why he came on looking like somebody out the Kings of Comedy. Why he had on this old Steve Harvey suit on. He did kind of you know, he did. It was giving very Bernie Mac. Yeah, hugely mixed with a Bernie Mac suit. That's what it was giving. It was giving very like listen. It was giving listen. It was giving very Stacey Adams. It was giving real Carl Kanai vibe. Give it very, very fat fashion, very brothers fashion. <laughs> but anyway, shout out to Tyrone and all of his gold teeth. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you no more, baby, because we could sit and converse all day long, all day long. Because yeah. I see me and you coordinating, we have a vibe. 
but we're gonna take this offline so that you can get back to all of your calls and your businesses because oh, the whole line is whole line. All the dings and teens. I ain't know if that was picking. I ain't know if all that was picking up, Lord. I was being professional and just letting you slide on that, but I see that that whole line is whole lining. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you get to the money calling. Because it seems like there is all type of checks and things, and there might be a little booty on the end of the side of that phone. So I'm not gonna hold you no more. Oh, oh no, no, no. The, tonight is all about. Like, I guess I'm doing a whole little press run tonight. Cause after this, you know, I got another, you know, live interview with TTV. So whenever. Word. So you know, I'm going through my little press run. I'm a little nervous because they they're gonna be talking about the deal and stuff. So you know how do you folks get when you talk about deals, you know, and everything like that. So you know, you got it, Chad. Just make sure that you just make sure you can talk about what done dried on the contract so far. Just talk about the ink that's dry so oh, far. Yeah, don't tell them nothing that ain't came up yet, honey. And just yeah. and if you get caught up, just give them an Erica Jane. We're on appeal. Really, the reason? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what? She had me, man. We're on a pill. And Andy was so pressed about it. He 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 did his little head like it's the same. Bet, so now you finna get catty with or not? <laughs> not you finna get cat. We're on a pill. <laughs> legal reason. We're on a pill. Yeah, we're up. Yeah, we're on a pill. But I heard that they went up to. We're on a pill. Mm-hmm. For legal reasons okay but listen shout out to thirst trap boys send them my love tell them that i reached out to them for an interview because i'm just shooting my shot all over the place tonight i'm, I'm gonna okay. just go ahead and put it all out there okay um, definitely most definitely but i understand that th- that they're busy they have a lot going on you know they may not be checking their dms so I understand, but since you sliding on over there, sending my love and, and and you know just attaching invitation to the love. Well, we definitely, I'm definitely gonna promote you on all fronts. So just know, like, Thank you so much for your team, because I appreciate when people are loyal and they come and you know they they see something in you and they want to you know interview you and do it the right way and ask all about all of the things that you do. You know, all right. Absolutely. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. It's been an amazing conversation. I, I love that we got the Kiki at the end. That was fun, too. But I'm sure that we're going to be talking again soon because I am going to be sliding you some stuff about the pitching, but I am just going, uh, going to be keeping in touch with you just as a person, you know, checking in, seeing how you're doing and all of that stuff as well. So this won't be our last time talking. No problem. All right. Well, it, it was amazing talking to you. Thank you for having me. I look forward to the future. Keep grinding, keep striving, and, you know, let's make it to the top. Thank you so much. Likewise, enjoy the rest of your night. Have fun on your live. Send my love. Have a great time. And we will talk soon. All right. Talk to you later. Sweet. Bye, love. Bye.
All right, everybody. That was my conversation with KL Extraordinaire from G-Status ATL Hustle, Perfect Population, Glam Devos, and the upcoming spinoff, which I assume to be called G-Status LA Hustle. I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And I hope that you guys are inspired to go back and binge G-Status ATL Hustle. Make sure you guys download Tubi and make sure you guys support. Because this show is honestly amazing. And I've been watching since season one. I've also been watching some of the stars in other projects that they were in before this show came out. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss one minute of G-Status ATL Hustle or any of the other shows that are coming out of this incredible network. Make sure you guys are following KL. Make sure you guys are getting a piece of all of his clothing, all of his fashions, perfect population. When I say he really does his thing when it comes to the thread and the needle, he really does his thing. I've looked up a lot of his fashions and they are incredible. Well, with that being said, make sure you're supporting G-Status ATL Hustle. Make sure you're supporting Perfect Population, Glam Devos, and all of the other projects that are coming out of P3K Production and OMS TV+. Also, I hope that you guys are subscribed to this podcast, Real Reality Realness, as well as all of my other shows. Housewives History with Megan and Sean, as well as the upcoming shows that I have coming up for you guys. Two Pods, Four Walls, Blind Love Abroad, Back to Black Throwbacks, Sean Ellis Rogers is not Kathy Griffin. And whatever else I think of between here and the next 30 days. (laughs) I have a lot of things coming for you and all new shows are debuting on December 5th. So make sure you guys have it locked in your calendars. The week of December 5th is going to be all new shows, including Real Reality Realness. We're going to be debuting Two Pods, Four Walls, Blind Love Abroad, Back to Black Throwbacks, Housewives History, and Sean Ellis Rogers is not Kathy Griffin. All in the same week, you're going to be getting all new shows, including all of the shows that you're coming to know and love. So... Make sure you guys are supporting me. Follow me on Instagram right now at Real Reality Realness. But if you keep up with me at Sean Ellis Rogers, which is my personal page, you'll be aware of all the changes that happen along the way, as well as being tuned into this podcast. So with that being said, make sure that you guys always be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Bye. Peace.